Welcome to another episode of the Feminist Survival Project 2020. I am Emily Nagoski, and Amelia Nagoski is tired, but here. I'm fine. In this week's episode, we are following up from last week's episode, in which we talked about how Amelia has COVIDs, and uh, so let's find out how she's doing. How are you doing? It occurred to me that we should, like, like, we obviously have to edit out the coughing, because that's, nobody wants yeah. to hear that, but we should, like, put in, like, a funny sound, like a, I don't know, a clown car honk, or just, like, a chime or something, just to indicate how much I'm coughing, or but it, we could it sounds terrible, and people are going to just turn like it off, because, because that's how you are. Be like, I don't want to listen to that coughing. COVID episode. I don't want to hear it. And you are... <laughs> Or just me yelling a swear word and stuff. So we could put in like a, a wooga or a... That's what it feels like. The cough is worse is the point I'm making. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everything makes me yeah, cough. Yeah, the cough it is used to be the, like, worse than it was before. Laughing made me cough. Um, a deep breath made me cough. Yeah. Now, now... You're uh, fully... Like, uh, everything makes me cough. Two weeks from first symptoms. It's, yes, as of tomorrow, it'll be two weeks I don't have any symptoms of infection. Like, I don't have a fever. So that's... Okay, I don't have a fever anymore. And I was feeling... Okay, I stayed fully in, like, living upstairs, not even going downstairs, quarantine. Great. For 11 days. And then I went downstairs, but I stayed away from my husband and wore a mask interjecting to say that by days 11, you had been fully fever-free for three or four days. Yes. And I have not had a fever since then. So you were following the rules. Yes, which is great. That's very important. And how are the body aches? Because that was the thing that was... Oh, God, they're so bad. Like, it was better... Still? Sort of Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then yesterday was Thursday, and I did a bunch of laundry, and... By 6 p.m., I was so tired that I was ready for bed. I mean, I actually did go to bed at 8 p.m., but I couldn't get to sleep. My brain was so tired. My mind was ready to fall asleep, but my limbs were aching so severely that I couldn't fall asleep. Um, I took ibuprofen. I took naproxen, and nothing even fucking touched it. It was just, it, it hurts mm. a lot. Um, so I think I pushed too hard. I mean, I did six loads of laundry, most of which I hung on the line instead of putting on the dryer. So, I mean, that's not all that physically demanding. Like, I'm a pretty healthy person. I can hang laundry. No, but for a person, yeah, if you were well, six loads of laundry, including carrying it outside, putting it on the line, taking it off the line, carrying it back inside, that's not physically demanding for a person who is well. Yeah. You are not well. Well, I woke up yesterday feeling okay, but then I clearly, I clearly yeah. Did you too tend much. to wake up feeling okay. Okay, and how are you today? Uh, this morning, I woke up feeling like, um, hmm. you know how you feel when you take you fly somewhere, and like you spend more time flying than you do at your destination. Yeah, and you get off the plane and you just feel like you've been like rung through a ringer like somebody's taken you and just like twisted you and then dropped you down all squishy yeah it's like you're desiccated all the fluids have been drained out of your body you're jet lagged so you have fatigue all your body rhythms are out of sync yeah that's how i feel today 
The aches are better. I don't. I'm not in as much pain as I was last night. Great. But it's not but over. While it certainly seems like you are not infectious anymore, your body is still in an inflammatory response against the virus. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. You are past the typical point at which people go into the crisis. Yeah, I'm probably... Like if, if it's been 14 days, you're probably not going to end up, in the like, hospital. end up in the hospital. Yeah. But you might be a person whose symptoms last for a month or six weeks, because that's a thing. There's a whole community of COVID long haulers. I know. Who have just been sick for... I know. Months. As long as it's possible to have been sick. Yeah. 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 So we decided that I would sleep in the guest bedroom until I stopped coughing. Okay. So Malin's back in our bedroom coming upstairs to sleep, and I'm sleeping in the guest bedroom. Until you're not coughing. Until I stop coughing. Are you wearing a mask around the house? Sometimes. Sometimes you're wearing a mask. Not usually. It's very uncomfortable, and I have to cough so much that it sucks, but... I try to stay away from him and uh, everything's so hard. You cough into your uh, elbow? Yes, I cough into my elbow. I like, I don't just pull my elbow up. I like pull my whatever fabric I have, like a bathrobe or pajamas up in front of my face. And then I like do the vampire hachoo sneeze cough thing. And <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I know. You actually sound worse. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You, you sound more unwell. Uh, yeah. So you're very tired. You still have a cough. You're still sick. Yeah. I kind of thought when I got out of bed Tuesday, I'm not sick anymore. La, 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 la. I was wrong. Yeah, you're still sick. I'm still sick. So you need to calibrate your sort of plans for each day. I'm going to go get a cough drop. I'll be right back. Is there anything that helps the cough? Yeah, hold on. Okay. A million went to get a cough drop. Minion went to get a cough drop. Killing time while she gets a cough drop. This is Amelia getting her cough drop. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Do cough drops help? The cough drops do help. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. There's something that helps. Yeah. So you're still sick. <laughs> Yeah. And you need to calibrate what you do in a day, not based on being well, but based on being unwell. And not based on what has to get done, but what based on what I can do. Because when you don't go downstairs for 14 days, for 12 days, there's so much that needs to be done when you get back downstairs. The dishes and the laundry and the dog things and the... Oh. Yeah. But there's no rush. It's not going anywhere. No. That's true. Regular listeners of the podcast will know that you are not a person who regularly uses your body signals as a gauge for what you should do next. You are a person who uses your to-do list as a gauge for what you should do next. So maybe this is a moment when you can practice checking in with your body. What my body is saying is, don't laugh. And also, please stop talking. I think one of the reasons I sound so much worse, just audibly worse, is because of the cough. The cough really yeah, signals externally to the rest of the world that this person is sick. Um, whereas the cough was not so bad when I felt sicker, when I felt like I had to stay in bed and I was all like feverish. And I didn't sound as sick then. 
But now that I have the cough, people are like, wow, yeah. you sound terrible. Well, yeah. And yesterday I was... You do. You sound terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I am trying to lean away from the microphone when I cough so that it's not super disgusting, but... Dear listening audience, <laughs> we're recording this because we want you to know what COVID is like. Think of us as Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> For better or worse... One of us has COVID, and the other one is professionally trying to help people. But Emily is not in favor of stop and frisk. Unlike Andrew no, Cuomo. I, I, there's <laughs> uh, that was an Andrew Cuomo was like it turns out COVID is disproportionately affecting communities of color. <laughs> Dumbass, we're gonna find out why that's oh happening. God. And I was like. We know really? why. We know why. You were doing such a good job. I love how you show up with the data. I love how you don't disguise anything. But really what you end up also doing at the same time is not disguising how little you knew about these very important basic issues. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not uncritical of the... But anyway, that's the person I am in this thing and you're the you're the quiz Cuomo <laughs> yeah. on TV being like, let me just show you what this is like. Alright, so when I was watching Chris Cuomo I was thinking like, he just doesn't seem sick the way that I would think a person who seems sick should seem. Because he didn't seem fluid to me. Like he could talk and like he was a little glassy-eyed but it... He was very glassy. Yeah, like but it didn't and he was spacey. And, like, his attention came and went. Yeah. But... He fakes it real good, yeah. as professionals tend to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a thing called stage health, where once you're, you know, on and you just have to do it, you just fucking do it and your body your body acts like it's well for a minute and then you pay for it. Oh, yeah. I do, I do it with migraines all the time. Like, I'm mid-migraine, but I have a meeting. And for 45 minutes of that meeting, I kind of feel fine. Mm -hmm. And I do the thing. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the meeting is over... Mm -hmm. Boom. Mm -hmm. oh, migraine. Mm -hmm. So, but now I know... What did you say that's called? Stage health. Amy Schumer talked about the same thing. She uh, had a really difficult pregnancy. And basically the only time she wasn't throwing up is when she was on stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a thing. So I get why he didn't seem fluey to me. Because I thought that it was going to look and feel like the flu. And it's just it's nothing like the flu. So. Yeah. So that's how I'm doing. <laughs> Sorry. How are you doing? Did, oh, did you get sick? Did you get my germs? Uh, no, I did not get your germs. Yay. I, I never thought there was going to be a chance that I could possibly get it from your house. I was wearing two masks and eye protection, for crying out loud. And gloves. And I was only in the house for five minutes. And gloves. And I sanitized my hands as soon as I got out of your house. There was just like, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So it just goes to show when you take the proper measures, you can prevent the spread. Yeah, the rates of infection among hospital workers actually in New York are lower than among the general population. Even though they're exposed Even to Even though so they much were in this more. very high risk. Yeah. It, because they were they have the skills. Paying so much attention to protection. Yeah. Protect it it works. Masks help. They they're not 100%, but they help. And the more of us who participate more effectively in these prevention measures, the more disease we're going to prevent. Yay, let's do And that. what we're preventing is this thing you're hearing in Amelia two weeks in. Yeah. I was better two so, days So, no, ago. I did not get sick before you started working really hard. Yeah. So maybe what you need to do is continue resting and uh, do chores recreationally. Yeah. 
going back again to maybe this is an opportunity. <laughs> maybe this is the growth experience for you, Amelia. <coughs> to listen to your body. And just do what brings you health <laughs> and joy. Well, I need a clean sheet. So, like, you know, shit's got to get done. Yeah, clean sheets is one, maybe two loads of laundry. It's more complicated than that because my husband was sleeping on the couch. I had to wash the sheets and he's moving back upstairs. So I had to wash the sheets on the bed. And then uh, I'm moving to the guest uh, room. So I had to wash the guest room sheets. <sighs> yeah, again, you were doing things based on what, what seemed to need to get done, not based on what you were able to do. Yeah. And and I think the adjustment you did not make was what needs to get done. Okay, here's the list. Now, uh, how much of this am I going to get done today without making myself worse? It did occur to me about four loads in that I had made a mistake. That <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> Maybe, did you stop then though <laughs> no. did you stop no no you did two more loads of laundry yeah yeah this is why we make this podcast you know is to help other people not do that yeah listen to your body we have a whole episode called your body will tell you and your body was like hey bitch lie down and i was like bitch i would like to lay down on clean sheets. lie down you know what that's gonna take yeah you had clean sheets by the time you got four loads in. No, because I didn't wash my sheets first. Oh, my God. I washed the sheets up on the couch first. That is the most obvious <laughs> metaphor. It is actually a cliche. Amelia is sick. She wants to sleep on clean sheets. She's feeling well enough to run laundry. So what does she do? Does she run her sheets? No. She puts everyone's sheets before her own. I washed the dog bed first. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Did it not in the moment occur to you? Uh, No. It did not. Look, here's why. It's because okay. one of the things that was on the bed takes a really long time to dry, so I had to wash that early. And the dog bed also is big, heavy cotton. It takes a long time to dry. So I did that early, so it would definitely be dry by the end of the day. There was a reason. Yeah, again, you were looking at the list of things to do and using that as your gauge instead of using your own body state as your gauge. Yeah. So maybe this is an opportunity. Yes, okay, Amelia. yes, yes, yes. I got you. Yes, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about what I needed to learn, and, like, clearly I have work to do. But let's talk about you. Did you put together a COVID kit? Okay. <laughs> we did. I got a plastic tub with a lid on it in which we put basically all the things in your medium post that's the list of stuff mm -hmm. i even bought a very tiny hot water uh heater thing kettle electric water heater kettle yep little little tiny kettle we got a red one so that it will go faster mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh the kettle and the tea and the cup of soup and a tylenol and cough drops and ginger stuff and uh, sanitizing things like hydrogen peroxide, isopropyl alcohol, 
uh, because we can't find Lysol spray mm-hmm. or wipes mm-hmm. or any kind of sanitizing yeah. pre-wet wipes because... Still sold out everywhere. Because Corona. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we made a tub with all the stuff, including my entertaining sheep-shaped hot water bottle, mm-hmm. ready to be mm-hmm. Soothing. hot water bottled. Yeah. Yeah. Totally made a kit. We're keeping it in the upstairs bathroom. We figured out what space is going to go to who. So the person who sticks gets the main bedroom and the upstairs bathroom. The person who is well sleeps downstairs and has a downstairs bathroom. It does mean that the person who's sick has to be responsible for feeding the cats and cleaning the cat box Mm -hmm. because the cat room is upstairs. Yes, our cats have their own room. (laughs) We are child free. What can I say? (laughs) Our our cat stuff is in the bathroom upstairs. So we had the same division of labor where... Um, I was in charge of the cat stuff, and my husband, who was healthy, took care of the dogs downstairs. Who Our dogs are not allowed upstairs. Are you going to limit your dog's access to the sick person? We are. We're going to keep the dogs downstairs if a person gets sick. That's going to be hard to do if they're not already trained to stay downstairs. No, we have a baby gate. They respect the baby gate at the bottom of the stairs. Good, good. That must be new. So, like, when we set a limit, they respect the limit. That's good. Well, Yeah. (laughs) Um, we also, one of the things we had to do that you didn't have to do was a coffee setup. Rich and I are both definite coffee people. Yeah. And this is one where we differed. If I was going to be sick, I would set up a V60 pour over because I'm that kind of coffee nerd (laughs) where I feel like I'm going to get good single serving coffee if I do my own pour over. I know. Shut up, Emily. Um, whereas Richard would have like a tiny automatic coffee pot. Right. And, like, one of the hardships that we would have is being upstairs for 10 days, and we wouldn't be able to grind our coffee fresh every morning. Oh, my God. We do have a hand grinder. Oh, my God. And that could work for me, because when you hand grind coffee, it with the grinder that we happen to have, it's fairly coarse, um, but that works fine for pour over. So Rich would probably be using pre-ground coffee. I can't believe but you know what? of your COVID he, considerations. Like, Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. That's very thorough. And um, Rich has a fridge and a microwave in his office, and those would just become property of the upstairs. Yeah. One of the things we did confront, because I was unwell this week, mm-hmm. I yeah. ended up having a really huge migraine, mm-hmm. like enormous, debilitating migraine. And at first I was like, what if it's COVID? Oh but you God. get migraines pretty regularly. And it regularly. was a question it's of like, like, at a, what point? This wasn't a surprise out of the blue nowhere. All of a sudden a migraine. Yeah, no, I, I, I get migraines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get them that often. And I rarely get them this big. I'm still thinking about what the triggers were for it. But like, there it was, it turned out to be. But there was like a few hours there where we were like, what if this is COVID? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And th- there was a question of like, when do we implement COVID lockdown? Mm-hmm. Because based on what we learned from your experience, I wouldn't get tested until day three of symptoms to decrease the likelihood of a false negative. Mm -hmm. So how long do you stay sick before you implement? And Rich slept downstairs one night Mm -hmm. just in case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we didn't implement full everything. So that was one of the questions that still remains for us. Will it be totally obvious when it is COVID? I don't know. For me, it was pretty clear so we made a pl- i was sick like something was okay. wrong and we assumed it was covid from the beginning just in case like worst case scenario which i think is probably the only course to take if you live with someone vulnerable yeah. if you live with it someone who be. like just doesn't want to get sick then maybe you don't have to go full lockdown right away but you know 
I live with somebody with an artificial heart valve, so... Yeah, you had to take extreme precaution right from the beginning. That makes sense. So we made a plan. We recognize that there are still sort of wobbly places in our plan. We made a kit. There are some things that can't go in the kit until go time. Right. Like cream in the refrigerator Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, we we did the thing. We got prepared. I bet Rich liked that. And we do take it seriously. It 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 gives me a lot of credibility when I set limits on what I'm willing to do professionally because I can now say uh, my sister had COVID and I've seen what it can do and I feel a strong public health responsibility not to put anyone at risk for this kind of disease. Yeah, I, I said this in an email to my department chair. Hey, I got COVID and thinking about the fall, like I have concerns about just how contagious this is because I have been so careful and yet I got it. And how are our our 22-year-old students possibly going to be more careful than I was? They're, they're not. They're just they're not. not. And how, what's that going to mean for what the campus is going to be like and how fast the disease is going to spread on campus? I'm worried. Yeah, you should be. The whole college campus thing is an enormous, we don't even know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And other schools and just any place where people are in close contact for hours and hours every day and they're I mean, especially young people, children and adolescents, like you just can't. Congregate living facilities are the ultimate danger zone for COVID. And what's a dormitory? It's a congregate living facility among people who drink at the weekends and put their tongues in each other's mouths. Yeah. And have a distorted sense of. Yeah, exactly. And a really strong like adolescence has a peculiarly strong sense of social closeness and cohesion so what we were talking about last week that a vector of transmission is the desire to connect and feel safe with other people and that brain chemistry is like covid's home Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's its favorite thing about us so that's a problem So, I'm still sick. Not as sick as I was, but I'm out of quarantine, but I'm not sleeping in the same bed with my husband. We're in separate bedrooms. You made a kit. You didn't get it. Your husband didn't get it. My husband didn't get it. We did it. And all's well. You are an R, not of zero. We think. Fingers crossed. Yeah. As far as we know. I mean, it was intense and a lot of work. Yeah, highly a person who doesn't spread to anybody else. I have not left my house in two weeks. Yeah. And you didn't even leave your floor for 11 days. For 11 days. Yeah. That sounds hard. It was not as hard for me as it will be yeah. for a lot of people. And it's also not as hard for someone who is sick as it would be for someone who doesn't have symptoms. Yes. So for Malin not leaving the house because he didn't have symptoms and he hates mm-hmm. the isolation. I mean, even I love isolation. And even I, by day nine, was getting a little like, I miss people and my dogs and my life. So we have found the limit. That's another interesting thing we have learned about Amelia. What does it take for her to begin craving <laughs> yeah. human contact? Nine days of total isolation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any other lessons learned? I don't have anything else. No, I I got nothing else. 
Okay. And I'm so tired. (laughs) This is my idea. Hey, should we do a follow-up episode? Yeah. I I texted you to this yesterday, right? When I had in the morning, right? When you felt all right. (laughs) I was like, I feel so much better. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You're not fine. Uh, Didn't know I was going to go to bed last night feeling like I'd been run over by a truck and then wake up this morning feeling jet lagged. Yeah. Are you seriously? Seriously? Are you going to do what your body wants you to do instead of what your to do list wants you to do? I want to say yes, but the fact is that I don't have much else on my to do list, and that's why I can say yes. If I really had like big things on my to do list that I had to do, would I? Can I give you another reason to say yes? Still, yeah, it's because you're not done yet. And that whole like a week or 10 days in order to get before you get to the cytokine storm downward spiral toward hospitalization, you're not done yet. And if Mm -hmm. you push too hard, you could cross over into hospitalization. Like you absolutely could still end up getting much worse. Yeah, that's pretty motivating. I hate being in the hospital. And this would be the shittiest of all hospitalizations. I hate being in the hospital more than I hate being sick. Yeah. Do you hate it more than you hate yeah. having still to wipe down the kitchen counters? Having that not be done? I think the thing to do is just not to do things in the kitchen so I don't have to wipe them down. <laughs> that's that's not whatever it takes. Because this is like we talk about cost benefit analysis. What are the good things? What are the not so good things? And you're having to like make all these choices with this very active balancing act of wanting to live your life. But also not wanting to go to the hospital. And I also think that there's an expectation that I have still that like when you're sick, when you have the flu, you're like really sick for maybe three, maybe four days. Right. And then you start to get better. And it does not last 10 days where you still feel it after 10 days. That has never happened to me. So this is your little monitor. The only thing that's ever taken me this long to recover from is surgery. You had an, your little monitor had an expectation of how long this was going to last. It has lasted way longer, and so your little monitor way is longer how the fuck going bananas, going berserk, foop orama. You are so frustrated. Your brain is like, "What the hell? There must be something terribly wrong that the, it, or it cannot possibly be true that I am still sick after all this time." My little no. monitor says that yeah. I am not sick anymore, that so I'm it. not That's sick the, anymore. Just denial. So you were paying attention to your expectations. Yeah, absolutely. It's 100% how I felt yesterday. More than you were paying attention to what your body Instead was saying. Instead of the actual reality. Yeah. Yep. So what you need is to like build a better relationship between your little monitor specifically. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, we have an episode called your Little Monitor about like the part of your brain, the discrepancy reducing feedback loop that helps you deal with frustration, um, setting goals and expectations and uh, feeling accomplished when you do stuff. And uh, I think, Amelia, you need a better relationship specifically between your little monitor and your body sensations so that you can have more realistic criterion velocity. I think it's more specific than that. Mm. I think it's that uh, COVID in particular is not like other diseases. Mm -hmm. This particular illness is not going to follow the same path or meet the expectations that other sicknesses follow. Mm -hmm. You were trying to apply a standard um, that you learned from every other disease you've had. Does not apply. Does not apply to this one. So you are in uncharted territory. No, it's different. Yeah. 
how are you at not having expectations and just like noticing what's happening and not trying to force it into like the map of the terrain you've already walked oh i'm great at that <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> Sorry. Sure. You know. Yeah, so that's what's going on. I think, um, yeah. There's the uh, a thing I feel bad about is that my husband's mother died in December and they were going to enter her ashes at the end of March. And that, of course, got postponed because that was the peak of pandemic lockdown everywhere in the country. And now everything's opened back up. They were going to do it in um, two weeks. And... Um, cases are flaring everywhere, but especially in the South, which is where this is happening. So because I've been sick, the people that we were going to go stay with basically rescinded their invitation for us to stay with them, which I do not blame them for at all. Um, but also because of how bad the infection's going, like, we're just not going to the internment. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and they had already reduced it down to basically just him and his three siblings and maybe their spouses. And that was it. Like, it wasn't going to be whole family or anything and now his brother can't go either because he's got a lung infection that apparently is not covid it's just some other random lung infection so his yeah, his sisters are down there by themselves and they're not gonna have yeah are they yeah, gonna like so. video cast it in any way there's one more thing no because he doesn't want to ask anybody to take themselves out of the moment to record it you know okay he wants to just like let them be there for this cer ceremony it's a service provided by the facility yeah, they're not okay. doing a facility. They're just taking the ass graveside and, okay. and and doing it themselves. Yeah, funerals, weddings, births, all the things that are happening right now are happening in a way that doesn't allow for us to implement our usual rituals. And those rituals serve a really important function of sort of like callousing over yeah. the open wounds. And so a lot of people are just going to be walking yeah. around with these uh, open wounds until this is over. Yeah, Maitland's yeah. been waiting since December to like kind of put closure and on instead this moment. Of and actually, it's longer than that because what their plan was, my my in laws, is that when his dad died, Maitland's brother's a, a woodworker, a carpenter, and he built an urn out of wood that had a divider in the middle. So when his dad died, they put his ashes in one side, and when his mother died, they put the ashes in the other side. So what they're doing in two weeks is they're pulling the thing out from the middle to to blend their ashes together, and then bury them together so this has been multiple years in making this moment come to happen yeah. and we're not going to be there yeah yeah and and the carpenter who built it he also can't go he's not going to be there to you know complete this preparation that has been made over years and years that he actively participated in making happen people are not <sighs> spending much time talking i mean like the urgency of the immediate disease is i understand why that is closing off conversations of the larger processes in which we're going to need to heal when we get through this but i mean like all the mourning and grief all the excess death plus all the people who are missing out on being there for these intense emotional usually ritualized moments that happen in our lives we're going to get through it with like all this tangle of stuff that this trauma that has to be worked through and healed Oy. yeah and you're just one 
very benign example of that. Like, yeah, your complications are not among the worst, and it's still like a huge, huge impact on your lives and a permanent mark for Malin in his life. Like, he's never going to be able to ha- oh. to have gone. No. I mean, he's going to go visit as soon as it feels safe, but that's yeah, going to be a Yeah, it's not the same. And he's not going to be, he's not going to be there at the moment when it happens. That's, I feel terrible about that. Yeah. And that really is not because you were sick. It's partially because I was sick. It started because I was sick. That's what made him think, gosh, I don't think, I don't know for sure if we should go. And then he started watching the numbers in the South and realizing, oh gosh, it's, it's not Yeah. Even there. if you hadn't gotten sick, the numbers in the South. I would be panicked yeah. if you decided to go right now to leave Massachusetts yeah. where we're doing sort yeah. of okay and go to a place where they are really not doing okay. So <laughs> that's this week's episode <laughs> of the Feminist Survival Project, which continues to be far more literal than I ever intended it to be. It's so, <laughs> so literal. If you have learned anything, uh, we'd be happy to hear about it. We're on the social medias at FSP2020. And you can email us feministsurvivalproject2020 at gmail.com. We'll continue to keep you posted on how Amelia's doing. So yeah, everybody take care. Please wear a mask. And thanks for listening. So maybe this is a moment when you can practice (laughs) checking in with your body. What my body is saying is don't laugh and also please stop talking. The Feminist Survival Project 2020 is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.